You know, Jess, we're both really good looking. And I think we're super cool. Welcome to Sure Jan. The musical theater podcast with Jess and Dan. Jess, and we're back. We are back. We are going to start talking about Act Two. The best uh, act. The best act of Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812. So, listeners, if you are just now starting with us and you haven't listened to our two-hour part one episode of Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812, I implore you to begin that episode. Well, what? listen to that whole episode. Uh, and then... I mean, you should start at the very beginning. But it's, it's a very good place to start. Uh, thank you for that. You're and uh, And now I think we're going to get right into Act 2. So... We went out. We took a pee. We yeah. refreshed our drinks if we needed to. Yep. And we came back in the theater. And what's the first thing we hear? Uh, we hear a song called Letters. Yes. And people... Why are people writing letters to... Why aren't people texting each other? I mean, it's eighteen twelve. Oh, it's 1812? Yes. So they can't text. No. Verizon Wireless didn't exist at that time. Did not. Got it. So we're writing letters instead. Okay, but that's I probably... But I think that's an interesting call out. Mm-hmm. Because the song is set up in such a way that it's like, it's like, they could be texting. Yeah. It's just like, these people are having a conversation. These people are having a conversation. There's so many people that are like having these little like one-off conversations and talking to each other about all the things that have happened so far. Which is what, you know, texting is. Yeah. I mean, even in, <laughs> I hate to go back to act one, but like even in the song, Pierre, he has a lyric where he says, staring at my screen, yeah. right? Which there is no screen to stare at, yeah. but like it's Dave Malloy saying, yeah, people in 1812 did the same things we're doing now, just in different ways. And I think that's one of my favorite things about Great Comet. Uh-huh. Um, is I was like I'm not a fan of War and Peace before the show, right? Yeah. Um, to me, that's this old Russian novel that can't possibly have anything to do with what I'm doing today. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I notice more than anything is these are just people with people problems and people emotions. Yeah. Um, and what was true in the drama with love and friendship and family mm-hmm. is still true. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, some things are different, right? Like, I'm not betrothed to anyone. But, like, being torn between two people is not the craziest thing that has ever happened in, in this day and age, right? Um, having someone that cares about you so deeply that they're willing to hurt you to save you. Mm-hmm. Like, those things are such humanistic, timeless concepts. Totally. Um, that really pulls... This, this book into the 21st century in a way that I, I don't think... I think people have kind of forgot about War and Peace. Like, most of the time when you reference War and Peace, it's because the book is large, not because of any other particular reason. Uh, yeah, I would, I would argue that. I mean, like, you know, Anna Karenina is the exact same thing. It's a long-ass <laughs> book. Yeah, totally. Wait, by the way, there is a musical of Anna Karenina, and maybe oh. one day we'll talk about that. Perfect. But anyway... Um, there is a musical. Actually, can we tell that story real fast? I know it has nothing to do with anything. But once upon a time... So, listeners, um, I collect playbills of musical flops. And once upon a time, I got a gift from a certain someone. That's um, that certain someone was me. <laughs> um, which is the playbill of Anna Karenina. And the clue that this person gave me was... Tolstoy? No. What I said was, this 
this show was based on a book that was written by a person that wrote another book that has another show based on it that I care about a lot more than you. Yeah, there we go. That's true. And it took me a second, but I absolutely guess Anna Karenina. I'm very proud of that. So I do have the playbill to Anna Karenina the musical and to the group Natasha Pierre of the Great Comet of 1812. But anyway, letters. Yes. Um, so a lot of things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I mean, obviously we have Natasha and Anatole writing each other. Yes. We have Natasha and Andre writing each other. Mm-hmm. Pierre's yeah. writing love letters. Um, Natasha's talking to... Mary. Um, yeah, Pierre is also writing to Andre. Yes. Yeah. Um, is that it? I think those are the, all, the, all the conversations that are happening, yeah. Um, my favorite little nugget in mm-hmm. letters is towards the end, uh, uh, when they talk about the love letter that Anatole writes mm-hmm. to Natasha, um, and you, can, you can't really tell in the cast recording who's singing it, um, but the... the Ensemble is singing a love letter, a love letter. Over and over and over again. A love letter, a love letter. Um, And uh, Anatole's talking about this love letter. Mm -hmm. And then Dolokhov sings a letter which I composed. Which you can certainly tell whenever you watch, like, cuts of this. Sure. But that's so interesting mm-hmm. that Anatole doesn't care enough to write his own love letter. Yeah. He had his little lackey write yeah. this love letter. This love letter that Natasha re- reads 20, 30 times mm-hmm. because she's so in love. Yeah. And they're not even Anatole's words. Mm-hmm. And I, that to me is just so telling. Totally. Of everyone's feelings about what's happening, right? <laughs> yep. Dolokhov is just trying to be the best wingman he can be. He's going to get his boy laid. Anatole's like, yeah, uh, that girl. I want that girl. Mm-hmm. And not Natasha is just like, oh, my God, this love letter uh-huh. is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I, that's the first time I, like, really think about Dolokhov. Mm-hmm. Like, he's pretty influ- influential at, as we go through the play. Yeah. But towards the beginning, I kind of forget about him uh-huh. until I remember letters and I'm like, man, he's just so, he's a lackey. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think Anatole is the antagonist of the show? Ooh, that's a good question. Because uh, I would probably argue that Pierre is the protagonist. Yeah. But I'm, and if, if I had to choose someone... I would choose Anatole as the antagonist because yeah. other than Anatole, who do we have? Fucking like Balaga or Bolkonsky. I mean, like, yeah. and that's and even that's like a stretch. Yeah, I don't know that there has to be an antagonist to the show. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to have a villain to have a good story. No, you don't. Yeah, um, I think the problem is the antagonist more than like the person. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that makes Anatole a particularly like good or kind human despite what Natasha believes because I believe she says I think it's in the ball she says it means that he is kind noble and splendid Mm -hmm. um which like (laughs) how you get that from a kiss is like beyond me yep um but if it's your first kiss yeah if it's I mean like if the first person whoever is going to kiss me like I'll probably think only entirely positive things about yeah. them because wow that person has has done something to has has shown maybe some so i mean i think it is 
affection I think is- affection and there's some vulnerability in kissing yeah. another person and I would say like that person was I mean to a point and I, I think there is some like wow that person has chosen to press their lips against mine yeah. that makes me think that person must care about me in some way shape or form yeah and I think Natasha really? having only kissed one person yeah. really leans into that is that that is the person who cares the most about me because no one else has ever put their body against mine in that yeah. way. Uh, also what's happening in this song is we start to see Pierre's sort of descent into crazy. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. He becomes weirdly obsessed with the war. Yeah, and he's trying to find the meaning of life. Uh-huh. Um, and this is when we hear him talk about how Napoleon is this dreadful, terrible it. Uh-huh. Um, and there's some, I can't remember the exact lyric, but it's something along the lines of like, what is it? It's like, um, I've calculated the number of the beast, Napoleon, uh, 603 score and six, which three co- three score, score is 20. So that's 666, and I will kill him one day. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also when you hear him say, nothing matters, everything matters, it's all the same. Yeah. He is so, like, spiraling. He's... I mean, he's studying all these ancient books and trying to understand better why the world works the way it works. Yeah. Um, and he's drawing these conclusions. It's very, like, conspiratorial. He's, like, I picture Pierre in this part, like, tinfoil hat, um, trying to make sure that the government can't read his thoughts, kind of conspiracy theorist. Um and he's writing this to Andre, which has to be interesting for Andre. And I don't know that we're to assume that this is all happening at once. But can you imagine being Andre and getting two letters at the same time? Mm-hmm. One from your best friend, Pierre, who's like, the government's crazy, man. Right? And then one from your betrothed, who is literally like, I don't know if I love you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine being like, what the hell is happening back home? Yeah. That, like, my best friend is going insane. My my girlfriend mm-hmm. is, like, not sure if we're in love anymore. And my sister's... My fiance. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, God, no wonder he comes back and he's like... What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, at this, he's like, fighting a war, mm-hmm. which is hard enough. And then he, there's all this other shit happening at home. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, done with it. Like... That's crazy to me. Oh, completely. So, after Letters, yeah, we get into Sonia and Natasha. Yeah, because at the end of Letters, um, Sonia finds the letter the, the, that Dolokhov wrote. Yes. The, as, ironically, right? Yeah. But Sonia doesn't know that Dolokhov wrote this. No. But yes. Um, she finds that note and is like, wait a second. <laughs> What's happening? And, and the funny part is Natasha right away says... I'm honestly, I'm so glad you know. Wow, what a weight off my chest. Yes. This is something that I'm so happy that you know this. Now, my cousin, practically my sister, yes. I can tell you all these amazing things, yes. all these amazing feelings that I'm feeling. Like, aren't you so happy for me? I love someone, and his name is Anatole, and he's perfect. I just love him so much and now i can talk to you about it and this just continues to talk about how fucking naive natasha is because this whole time it's 
like I mean this this song reflects perfectly back to maybe it's the private and intimate life I don't remember what song it is specifically where she says um like everyone has liked me everyone has yeah. always liked me um or whatever the lyric yeah. is and like this is her again just assuming that Sony's going to be like oh my god so wow girl that's so great like yeah. fuck Andre I don't know who he is and it's all so hot I can't wait and Sony does not feel that no. way <laughs> she says no you've known him three days <laughs> Three days, girl. Like, you don't love him. Mm-hmm. There's, like, so many other things in this, that's hap- that have happened. Yeah. Like, you don't know anything about him. And uh, this is in the book. It's yeah. also in the song. But she literally says, for God's sake, Sonia, don't tell on anyone. Don't torture me. Um, like, I've confided in you. And she goes off. Like, don't talk to me. You don't understand anything. Uh-huh. Like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Your friend has come to you and said, like, girl, I don't know if this is the best idea. And Natasha's first reaction is, oh, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, but, and, 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 and Sonia, eventually she bursts into tears. Yeah. And then later she bursts yes. into sobs. And I mean, especially yeah. when Natasha says, I hate you, Sonia. I hate you, Sonia. Leave I hate me alone. You, I hate you. You're my enemy forever. You're my enemy forever. Yeah. Brat. Yeah. Brat if I've ever met one. Yeah. And, and it's just it's just completely absurd to think that. Yeah. That she could have that reaction, but I mean, again, maybe it's not. Maybe she, maybe, I mean, this is her first time really experiencing what she thinks is true love. Yeah. And that the the person that she's closest to, as evidenced by the prologue, yeah. doesn't agree with it, doesn't support her. Do what, would I feel the same way? If I was also 14 or however yeah. fucking old Natasha is? But yeah. I think, like, that I hate you, I hate you, you're my enemy forever, sounds like such a 2020, 2019 yes. phrase. Not. It comes straight from the text. Mm-hmm. That is, and that's what I mean by like. It'd be relevant. It's so relevant. And humans haven't changed. No. No. And like, how like, we when we talk about like, like, often mm-hmm. you'll hear like, oh, millennials are this, or like, um, boomers are that, and we talk about generations like all the generations are so different. Yeah. To me, this is proof that a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago. 200 years ago, mm-hmm. people were exactly the same. Yep. Children were children. Yep. Idiots were idiots. Yep. Boys were, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is the same. People yeah. still have this volatile reaction of, you don't agree with me? Well, then you're stupid. Yep. Like. Yeah. And, like, and everyone is guilty of that. Yeah. I mean, even in today's, like, political climate. Yeah. Like, we are down to two Democratic candidates. Well, I mean, Tulsi Gabbard, LOL. Mm-hmm. But we're really down to Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. And the Sanders people are like, if you support Biden, you're an idiot. And Biden people are yeah. like, if you support Sanders, you're an idiot. And, yeah, it's not any even, different. Even broader than that. I mean, we have two political parties. And yeah. we, if you're one or the other, you're wrong. Yes, correct. And I think yeah. we, that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. But I think even more than that, we like to say, like, oh, because you didn't grow up like I grew up. Yeah. We're so different. Mm-hmm. Like, no, children are still children. Yes. Like, the younger you are, the stupider the decisions that you make. Uh-huh. And, like, I guarantee 
in a hundred years, people are still going to be making the same kind of stupid decisions yes. between love and life and war and peace. What? Right? What? Like, I think, and that's the comment that I think Tolstoy is making on society here, and it just becomes more relevant mm-hmm. the longer it waits. Yeah. Like, in a hundred years, I think War and Peace as a novel, particularly this section, because I'm more familiar with this section, but I think collectively, what the, the message of this book is, is like, war, peace, love, death, life, whatever. Yeah. It's all, like, everyone's going through the same human experience. Yes, everyone's experience is slightly different, but the, for the most part, everyone has to deal with the same bullshit. Yes. And how real, mm-hmm. like, how relevant. Yep. I mean, like, I mean, like, at the end of the day, whatever identities you hold, it doesn't really matter because we all experience love in probably yeah. the same way. Right. Whether you like I think in this particular setting, I think the, the largest identities that people hold are class. Right. Yeah. Upper class, lower class, whatever, whatever. But like Natasha, Pierre, Anatole, these are all examples of either the upper class or or people who exist with the upper class, yeah. and they all have the same stupid feelings about love, that people who are middle class, people that are lower class, yeah. people who hold any other identity are feeling exactly yeah. the same. And that's, it's just, and it, and it time, generations, yeah. time periods, eras, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. matter, not at all, no. And I think the thing that's also interesting about this is later in the show, when, Pierre is looking for Anatole. Mm-hmm. He goes to the club and everyone's like, oh, what's happening? Which to me, like, we know yeah. that Natasha is betrothed to the prince, right? Yeah. Like, she's our starlet. She's the it girl yeah, right now. totally. And people want the drama. Yes. They want to know what's up. And, like, what, that's evidenced by every fucking reality yes. show that exists today people on any television show, on Netflix, on anything. Yeah. People feel the same way today. And... How fascinating that in 1812, <laughs> people really gave a shit about other people's love lives. Yes. And guess what? I guarantee we could turn on the TV right now and find some dating reality show. Yep. And that shit goes back forever. Yes. People have always cared. Yes. People have always been like, did you see who's dating who? Yeah. That is such, that gossip is not new news. Mm-hmm. And I, I love It is that. the oldest yes. news. Yeah. Yes. Um, but after this big fight between Sonia and Natasha, uh-huh. Natasha writes a letter to Princess Mary and says, the engagement's off. Yep. Which, in my opinion, worst of Natasha's decisions. Yep. The worst. Because at that point, She's sealed. She's really sealed her fate. Yep, completely. Um, that's that's the no turning back. Point. And she's completely fucked herself up, but she doesn't know it yet. No. But all the people around her are very, very aware. Yeah. She will come to realize it. Oh, she will. But not yet. No. Yeah. And because she does it so defiantly too, like. Which she I says, personally I kind of admire. Like she still makes a wrong decision. Yes. She makes a bad decision, but I'm glad she's confident in yes. her decision. She says, without a moment's reflection, <laughs> I write the answer to Princess Mary. Yeah. Without thinking for a minute. Yeah. She writes to Princess Mary and says, Forget everything. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. I'm so sorry. Totally. I cannot be Andre's wife. Nope. That's the whole letter. The whole letter is 
I'm sorry that we didn't get along. Everything's forgiven. Uh-huh. Also, I can't marry your brother. <laughs> That's the letter. And then we get Sonia alone. I know, and I want to talk about Sonia alone a lot because I think it's a very important song and it's the most devastating song in yeah. the show. And we're going to take a break. Perfect. And then we're going to come back and talk about Sonia. So we're back, and um, we're getting into what I would kind of consider part two of three of act two. So to me, so hear me out. So to me, the first part of act two is um, we're just, we're, well, no, I lied. This is the end, end of, of part, part one, one of three part. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So we have like letters, which is the opener, and then Sonia and Natasha, and then Sonia alone, which like kind of ends that little section. And then we get into the second act, which is like, hey, guess what? I'm going to steal fucking Natasha. Yeah. And then the third part where everything has gone to shit, and now we're dealing with it. Yeah. So, Sonia alone. Yes. It's a sad song. It is. Probably the saddest song in the show. Well, you could argue Natasha Very Ill is the saddest song in the no, show. No, I don't but, feel bad for her. But I think the thing about Sonia Alone is this is kind of the first time in the entire show you get to delve into what Sonia is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's true. And like this is the, the moment where we get a kind of love, the most real love. In the entire show. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, and that's a fact. I mean, because there is, I mean, like, Anatole and Natasha, air quotes, love each other. They lust right? each other. Yes. And I one might could even argue that Pierre loves slash lusts after Natasha. I don't think Pierre knows enough about Natasha to love her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Pierre knows about the situation, and he knows all the players, and he is pretty objective. Um, And when we get to Pierre and Natasha, we'll, like, talk about their relationship. But I think, really, the most true love, the purest love that we have in the show Mm -hmm. is Sonia and Natasha. Yeah, totally. And in the song Sonia and Natasha, we see that come to a head, and we see those things collide, Mm -hmm. where... They have this disagreement. And Sonia and Natasha both approach this disagreement very differently, right? Um, Natasha hates Sonia. And Sonia says, I love you so much, I won't let you do this to yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to save you from yourself. And then in Sonia alone, you get kind of her plan and what she's going to do and how she's willing to sacrifice everything. Yeah. To save Natasha for her from yeah. herself. And I think that's like really telling. Like she loves Natasha so much that she's willing to be hated. Mm-hmm. That she's willing to stand in the dark is what she says. Yeah. Um, and hold her back by force. And and really like 
tell. She tells Maria um, because she thinks that's what's best for Natasha. Yeah. Um, well, and Maria has, like, true influence in yes. this, like, Moscow society. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Um, and I that must have been so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, think about how hard it would be to es- essentially sell out the your best friend's plans because you know that it's going to cause more harm than good if they go through with it. Yeah. Um, and knowing that the repercussions of that will be that your best friend hates you, mm-hmm. but also being willing to do that because you love somebody so much. Um, it's a, it's a, it's the only time in the show we get this really true, raw emotion for Natasha mm-hmm. that isn't like, ooh, the shiny thing, yeah. right? Everyone else, Maria included, when they notice Natasha, they think she's young, she's naive, she's beautiful. Um, Helene is the same way. Anatole's the same way. Even Andre, who is betrothed to Natasha, yeah. kind of sees her as this like pretty young thing. Yep. But Sonia sees her as a person, mm-hmm. like a true person with true feelings and like true characteristics of a human and not just an object. And when she's like, this song breaks my heart. Um, and Britain's voice is perfect. Gorgeous. It's perfect. I mean, like somehow, I have never heard another person no. sing Sonia ever, and yet somehow no one can do it. I agree. Like I'm, I am curious to, and we we might get into this later about why the show didn't tour, but um, uh, I'm. I'm curious to see community theater productions because it's going to happen soon. Yeah. And Jessica, you know that you and I will travel hours and hours and hours to go see some, you know, shitty production in fucking Iowa. And assuming the coronavirus doesn't stop that. (laughs) And I'm very excited for it. So, yeah. So, Sonya alone. After that's finished, we get into... Act two, part two of act two. Yeah. And I think, like, this is where the bullet train takes off and totally. doesn't stop. Well, and shows it through the music. Bum, ba-da, bum, ba-da, yeah. Bum, ba-da, bum, ba-da, bum. yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Um, the next three songs are just a nonstop party. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Preparations, we have Balaga, and we have The Abduction, which I think it's easier to kind of talk about them as a unit. Yeah. Because they kind of all fit together. Right, so um, the abduction is sort of the the plan, right? Preparations. Oh, sorry, you're right, you're right. Sorry, sorry. Preparations is well, literally preparations of this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Anatole, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I have enlisted in order to help me with this goal. Everyone is on board. Mm-hmm. Let's go do it. But first, gonna stop by the club. And yeah. I need to have a quick little party with my friends beforehand. Yes. Because it's, in many ways, this is his bachelor party. Oh, yeah. Agreed. His second bachelor. Well, I mean, I, who, we don't know. If we, yeah, right. But his bachelor party. His first husband. First wife party. Second wife party. Well, he already... Like, if you're a bachelor and you're having a bachelor party, it's oh, because you're currently a bachelor. It. So this is your first wife party. Like, you already have one wife. You're going for your second. So. Um, but, like, in preparations, they start to plan... Like, make the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then they enlist the help of Balaga, mm-hmm. who we knew since the open the prologue. Mm-hmm. Balaga is just for fun, and boy is he fun. And yeah, he certainly is fun. Yeah. Um, nonstop dance riot mm-hmm. for what is like what's the length of that song? It's like, very long. Yeah, a like hundred years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, and the funny part too is it's even longer in the actual production of what's on the cast recording because you have to pause for laughter. Yeah. Because especially when he says, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Um, sit down. It's a Russian custom. Yeah. And like, and they sit. And you all sit. Yeah. And then the audience eventually laughs because they're uncomfortable. Yeah. And we let the audience laugh through their feeling of being uncomfortable. Yeah. And then eventually Anatole says, okay. And then yeah. we get into it. Well, and I think that's that's super telling too because preparations is like four minutes. The actual song of Balaga on the cast recording is what, like three minutes? Mm-hmm. An abduction, the abduction is the long, long Yeah, song. that's true. That's true. But Balaga's there through the whole thing and we're talking about how he's so much fun and he's driving down at 12 miles an hour and yeah. all that jazz. Um, and there's like a dance battle and there's all kinds of stuff happening mm-hmm. um, in the stage production. So why do you think, in, you were talking about this earlier, in War and Peace, this is such a short section. It's like two pages at most. So why is this so significant in Act 2? Why did Dave Malloy do this? I have a couple of opinions sure. or thoughts, I suppose. Um, one, I think we're about to get into this like really heavy part of the show where a lot's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I mean, he says it in the prologue, right? Balaga is just for fun. Yep. And you need, like, a fun, like, bring you back after the intermission. We just did this really downer of a song in Sonia Alone. Yeah. So we got to hype everybody back up. Because mm-hmm. um, that's how musical theater works. Exactly. Sure. Um, and I think, so that's part of the reason. Yeah. I think the other part of the reason is we have to get in to Maria stopping the party. And she can't stop the party if there's not a party, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think Maria, at the begin, like the beginning of what's that song called? Um, in my house, when she says, "You will not enter my house, scoundrel," that is like a like record scratch, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the party stops. That's the beginning of part. Now. I think the beginning of part three. Of I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think that's more impactful. Mm-hmm. If you, you're lost in this party. Yeah. Because I think the thing about Balaga, too, is that whole section, you, the audience kind of loses themselves and, like, yeah, this show's fun. We, mm-hmm. got, we got an upbeat party. Like, we got an upbeat tempo. There's people dancing and there's totally. lights and there's music and yeah. um, everything's kind of going on. And we bring out our shakers and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever she comes out and says, like, stop now, what the audience feels like, oh, crap. We, we were caught. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't feel that if you didn't lose yourself in this, like, 12-minute mm-hmm. dance party, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, to me, that's that's the reason. I think if we're bringing the audience along on this journey, if we're bringing the listener along on this journey, it's much more impactful at the end if you had time to forget what all is happening. Yeah. Um, because objectively... Their plan sucks. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's not good at all. Yeah. They, their plan is, okay, um, we're going to go 
to Maria's house, mm-hmm. who we know doesn't approve of this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to whistle, and Natasha's going to come out, and then, per the rest of Russian custom, we're going to wrap her in a fur cloak um, so that she doesn't miss her family. Yep. Um, so she doesn't get cold and miss the home that she's left. This is a bad plan, yes. especially for somebody who's about to marry the prince mm-hmm. or a prince. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not, it's not particularly well thought out. Mm-hmm. I don't think Anatole cares. Mm-hmm. Um, no, because I still think Anatole's main objective is to fuck. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That is his absolute main objective is like, I, we live it like, you know, Tinder doesn't exist at this time. Yeah. So this is the way that you get a girl to sleep with you. Yeah. Well, before marriage, frankly. Yeah, and yeah. I think he even says um, something along the lines of, like, if this marriage is invalid, then I'm off the hook. Mm-hmm. But if it is valid, um, what's the lyric? Uh, but if it is valid, then it really it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. And I think yeah. what he's saying is, like, either my old marriage counts, mm-hmm. and, like, then this marriage is moot and it doesn't matter. Yep. Or this new marriage counts. And it still doesn't matter. Yeah. Because he just doesn't care. Nope. Um, and I think Dolokhov is willing to, like, go along with this plan because he's kind of a part of the gang. Yeah. Um, but on multiple occasions, he says, like, wait, we're going to do what? Mm-hmm. Wait, we're going to, okay, your plan is to to what now? Um, and Anatole is just like, it's fine. Everything's yep. fine. Um, and then Bulaga is like, works for me. I'm just the paid help at this point. Correct. Like, I'll do whatever you want. Which is funny because because he's not actually getting paid during this moment, is he? I don't think so. Because he has a whole bar. I, 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 I don't do this for Ruples. Like, he yeah. says that frequently. Yeah. And I don't think, like, except for maybe once a year yeah. are the lyrics. Yeah. And so, I, which is so funny is, like, the line that Balaga is just for fun is... Is is so much deeper than you yeah. think it is because his song, his whole moment in Act Two is pure fun until yeah. Maria takes you out of that fun, but also just for fun in the same way that you and I do community theater yeah. for no pay, because yeah. it's just for fun. Yeah, and I think he even says like I do it because I like it and we like Blaga too. Right? Yeah, and I think the other kind of piece of this, whenever we talk about like why this moment matters mm-hmm. is you're because it's so upbeat because it's so energized the audience is willing to like essentially kidnap a child mm-hmm. like you're like yeah i'm on board yeah. i'm totally on board with this plan yep. um and i think whenever Balaga is like yeah i do it because i i'm like i'm down for whatever um I don't know that he particularly has, like, a lot of stakes in this game, and he's just here mm-hmm. because, like, rice, racing fast is fun. Yeah. And racing at 12 miles an hour, which, like, sounds really slow. But I think on on uh, the um, on his Troika, yeah. that might be particularly fast. And it is, and I think yeah. they, like, make a point to say that. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, he says, Anatole says goodbye to everyone in the club, and he says, remember me? <laughs> I'm not coming back because 
there's nothing for me here anymore. Um, and then they get to the house. Yeah, and that and that is where I mean this this third part really really starts, particularly where. Maria said Maria is yelling at Natasha, right? Because the, the the funny part is we have just built this up over the course of three songs. Yeah. Three fairly long songs about like we are going to go, we're so fucking excited. Yeah. We're going to go get this girl. We're going to get married. Mostly we're going to have sex, but like lot, like this is just going to be great. Yeah. And they get to the front door and Maria says you will not do this in my house, scoundrel. And just like that, Anatole's tail is between his legs. Yep, and he runs away. And motherfucker sprints. Yeah. And it, I mean, like, I just, there, there's no fight. There's no fight and to like, no, but, 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 because he knows he's wrong. Yeah. I think he knows he's wrong, but the only person who's been... caught. Well caught that's probably a better way of putting it and the only person who's willing to say that to him is maria yeah and i think even in the book there's no conversation basically in the book the footman says no no come in the house and then dillikoff is like anatole get out the house this is not a good plan yeah and then they leave yeah yeah just like that it says... And, and Go ahead. It, but it literally says, um, with the last desperate effort, Dolokhov pushed the porter aside, and when Anatole ran back, seized him by the arm, pulled him through the wicket, and ran back with him to the Troika. Yeah. Literally, Dolokhov runs in and says, we're not doing this. This is a terrible plan. Yeah. Grabs Anatole and takes him back to the sleigh, and they ride off. Wait, so where does betrayed come from? Anatole, come back. Um, betrayed. That's right before that. So it says... Um, <laughs> he was met by Maria Dimitri's a gigantic footman. Come to the mistress, please, said the must, said the footman. Um, <laughs> to what mistress? Who are you? asked Anatole in a whisper. Kindly step in. My orders are to bring you in. And then Dolokhov says, Karagin, come back. Betrayed. Back. And then he, and then Dolokhov runs in and grabs Anatole and throws him in the sleigh. Oh, so, okay, like, okay. So Anatole is not the one who's doing the betrayal. Oh, no. Okay, okay, okay. That makes He's no sense. saying that they've been betrayed by Natasha. They think Natasha set them up. We know that Sonia has told, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that uh, uh, betrayed that Dolokhov sings, that's him saying, like, <laughs> we're found out. Come back. This yeah. is a bad plan. And then, so we get into In My House, which oh. is just, I mean, a great song. Where, I mean, just a song out of complete and pure anger for at least the first half of it. Yes. And, and, I mean, Maria calls Natasha truly terrible things. Yes. Like, she says, you dirty, nasty wench of, of a thing. thing. I mean, like, that is not a kind thing to say, particularly when you mean it. Yeah, and she, I mean, she calls her shameless and good for nothing horrid yeah and all those come straight from the text but i think the thing that's that i i love about that is it's the moment where you see her really like stepping in as a parental figure Mm -hmm. um because sonia went to maria and said like this is the deal this is what's gonna happen 
I don't think it's a good idea. Maria took that and said, you're right, it's not a good idea. I will make sure that Natasha doesn't, like, screw herself over. Because mm-hmm. she is young. She is naive. She doesn't know, like, the best way to approach the world. Yeah. But when she messes up, mm-hmm. she is scolded like a child. Yeah. Like the child that she is. Um, and I think that's rightfully so. Like, I think some lessons are better sunk in w- with anger. Yeah. Um, I'm sure everyone can think of a time where their parent yelled at them and said, don't do this thing. And, or, and you know you're not going to do that shit again. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think, not that I think there was, like, much of a chance of Natasha <laughs> trying to, be, to mm-hmm. get engaged to a man that is not the man she's betrothed to. Like, I don't think this particular situation is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. But I think the point is clear. Like, well, think about your family. Think about what... What you're doing has consequences to people that aren't just you. Mm-hmm. And so all of this, like, Maria gets a nice screaming match oh. with Natasha, right? And then it all kind of starts to sink in. And then all of a sudden, Natasha just, I mean, she just becomes nothing. Yeah. She just sinks into herself. Yeah. And I think the, the, the... The, you know, the, the gravity of everything that happened is now truly affecting her. And she's able to say, oh, fuck, I done messed up. But I think even before that, we have talked a lot about how this translates to teen angst drama sure. of the 21st century. And I think this is a really key moment. Oh, because Sony's also very involved in this conversation, too. That and also the way that she snaps right back. To yeah. Maria. She doesn't just say, yes, yes, Maria, you are my uh, godmother. Like, I will respect you. She says, go away. I hate you all. Uh, <laughs> you're my, like, um, I forgot what else she says. She says, he's better than any of you. Mm-hmm. She stands up for her man. Yeah. Um, and really gives it right back mm-hmm. to Maria. Totally. Um. Until she's so overcome with emotion, she just, like, sinks into herself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so teenage girl. Yep. It's so teenage girl to tell their parent, oh, you don't even know. You're stupid. You're an idiot. He's, yep. like, my man is better than any of you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what she does. Like, it's so, <laughs> it's so cliche. Yeah. But it's so, like in the root of how humans behave. Um, but yeah, then she basically sinks into this deep depression. Mm-hmm. And then Mari gets really soft. And she says, don't bother her. She's been through a lot. She needs to sleep. She needs to sleep. I'm going to bring her a glass of lime flower water. Yeah, cover her with some quilts. Yeah. Um, put a pillow onto her head. Yeah. This is the thing that, like, we're, we're not going to bother her anymore because she knows what she did. She knows it was wrong. She knows that she shouldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Natasha doesn't sleep no, or does cry not. or anything. Um, and just sits there and waits for Anatole. Which I think shows how, like, confused is unfair. Because I think Natasha knows, ex- she thinks she knows exactly what she's, like, looking for. Sure. Um, she thinks she knows 
Angel's going to come back for her because they're in love. Because he kissed her. And it cannot possibly be true that he's bad. Yeah. Because she loves him. Mm-hmm. And this is the first broken heart that Natasha has. And she doesn't really understand what that means. Um, and she, tru- I, she truly believes that Anatole's going to come back for her. Because mm-hmm. um, why wouldn't he? They're in love. Yeah. Um, now, what we know is... That's not happening. It's not going to happen. Not even a little um, bit, yeah. And Mari's going to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But for Natasha, there's no reason it wouldn't. He invited to, her to a ball. He talked to her like she was the best thing on earth. He, he danced proposed. with her. He proposed. He said that she was enchanting. He kissed her. There's, I mean, at the end of Act One... Um, what is the last lyric in the ball? I'll do anything for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I think he, she believes him. Yeah. She believes that he would do anything for her. Mm-hmm. Anything. And the fact that he just doesn't come back is devastating. Mm-hmm. And she shows that in her actions. Completely. Um. She caves. I mean, she just, she, she becomes nothing. She just. Well, and I mean, like, spoiler alert, but, like, she tries to kill herself. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't find that out until later on, until Natasha Very Ill is where we find that out, well, right? Well, the stage show, you find that out during Natasha and Anna, or Pierre and Anatole. Okay. But, so then we get a call to Pierre. Yeah. And this is just like, we're going to take the tempo up a notch. Um, and Mario calls Pierre and says, listen, you got to go find your brother-in-law. Yeah. Um, if you don't do something about this, Andre's going to come back. Mm-hmm. He's going to challenge Anatole to a duel. Yeah. Somebody's going to die. It's probably going to be Andre. Mm-hmm. And we're all screwed. Yeah. Um, this is on you. Yeah. <laughs> He's your brother-in-law. Deal with his shit. Which is, like, not... Do you think that's fair? Like, I, not that fairness matters, I guess, in this scenario. But, like, for Maria to put that on Pierre and to say, like, you need to do with this, do you think this is a request for help or a demand for help? Um, I think it's a request for help. It's clear that, like, Maria and Pierre are, like, old friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The only thing Maria knows about Anatole is that he's Pierre's brother-in-law, yeah. right? And so she's got this old friend who's got a connection, and she says, I mean, she says, like, or else the family will be ruined, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's saying, please, like, we can't we can't do this as a family. Like, this can't happen to the family. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a bad, like, this is a bad situation. What can you do to help? Yeah. And... Pierre springs into action, and he says, you're right, I gotta find Anatole. And then we get, find Anatole, which is Pierre racing around town saying, okay, where could Anatole be, right? Okay, could he be at the club? Because he loves to party. He goes there, and the first thing he does is says, the rumors you've heard are not true. Natasha's not ruined. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And then he goes home to find his wife, Who's like, you don't know, you don't know what travesty has happened to 
Anatole, and he's like, you are, shut up. At this moment, you are more repulsive to me than ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. And I think Pierre doesn't love Helene. No, she's, definitely not. Of course she's not. not his favorite person. Um, I mean, even, I mean, we'll get to Natasha, or Pierre and Natasha, but he says, if I were free, because he doesn't love her. Mm-hmm. He's married to her, and now he's stuck. Yep. Um, so he goes to his house, and he finds Pierre. Um, oh, and the thing we forgot to say is Anatole's already married. Sure, but Pierre knows this the whole time. But, but Maria what Pierre, doesn't. Well, Maria doesn't. Oh, and that's what's really interesting, is because Maria has this line where she says... Uh, married he's married oh wait till I tell her and like for me I might like if I was Pierre I might say oh hold up bitch like gossip isn't this important maybe let's do this softly but Pierre doesn't do that no Pierre just is like yep well, and I think that's a part of, like, Pierre and Maria's relationship, right? Pierre trusts Maria. Mm-hmm. He says, like, I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to intrude. Yeah. Maria is, like, the matron of the house, and she is really in charge. Mm-hmm. And as much as that comes off as, like, this, like, ha-ha, fuck you, Natasha, mm-hmm. I think it is adding a little salt to the wound, and I think in that moment, maybe Maria is like, oh, this is some dirt that is going to be fun to share. Yeah. But I don't, like, I don't believe that, like, Maria is that evil. Um, I think she goes back and says, listen, he's married. This is another reason why this was a bad idea. I'm yeah. going to use this to teach you a lesson more than, like, let's push salt in this wound. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah. So we get to Pierre and Anatole, right? Which is the most emotion we see out of Pierre. I mean, we see a lot in Dustin Ashes, but it's just pure anger. Mm-hmm. He's just so mad. Oh. Because how could he do this? Yeah. How could Anatole do this? How could, I mean... <sighs> well, and I, I love that... Uh, Anatole followed with his usual jaunty step, but his face betrayed anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that imagery, yeah. right? Because he sees Pierre and he's like, oh, shit, 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 mm-hmm. shit, 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 This is not good. But he's like, I'm cool. I'm cool. And so he tries. He tries to play it off, but he can't. No. Nope. His face is so terrified to have this conversation with Pierre mm-hmm. that he... His, his face gives him away. Yeah. Um, and then Pierre closes the door and doesn't even... I mean, so I think this is a lyric, but it's in the book. It says, having entered his study, Pierre closed the door and addressed Anatole without looking at him. Mm-hmm. No, it is. That's absolutely lyric. Yeah. And I, I love that picture because that means Pierre has all the power. He's like that evil villain with the chair, the back to the door. Mm-hmm. And he's like petting the cat. And he's oh, like yeah. waiting for Anatole to come in. And then when he starts to talk, he's going to turn around and be like, oh, I know. And mm-hmm. I just love that about Pierre. I think yeah. that that shows that he has the power in this relationship. And as much as Anatole has like asked for money and kind of been like the suave 
dude in this situation, mm-hmm. right now, Pierre holds all the cards. Completely. Um, totally. And then he asks what happened. He says, did you promise to marry this girl? Like, did, did you tell her that you would marry her? Even though you're already married, did you say that? Um, and then he says... What, it's Anatol... He doesn't confirm or deny that. He says, I don't have to take that from you. He does. Um, <laughs> because because we know the answer. No one's confused. Yeah. Everyone knows what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pierre just gets so angry. Mm-hmm. He takes him by the collar and he shakes him. And he, like, takes, a, like, a paperweight or something from his desk. And he, like, goes to smash it, I guess, mm-hmm. on Anatole. Um, to the point where, like, Anatole's visibly shook. Yeah, totally. Um, and then he says, did you promise to marry her? I asked you. You didn't answer. Things are getting real now. Um, and then Anatole says, no, I didn't. I didn't promise. Mm-hmm. Which, technically, he didn't. That's true. Yeah. But, like, that was the intent. Everyone knew what was going on. Yes. Like, no one was confused. It's not like Natasha was like, oh, he said he'd marry me. And Anatole's like, I never said that. We all knew what was going to happen. Yes. They were going to, they were literally going to abduct a child. Yep. The song is called The Abduction. Yeah. Um, and then he asks for any letters. Um, and, and then he says, I'm not going to hurt you. I promise. Uh-huh. And then he says, get out of town. He says leave this is like you've done screwed up so bad like the only option for you is to leave moscow yeah like that's it um and what does anatole do back he says i don't answer to such words like i i won't speak to you because you're being so mean to me Mm -hmm. how dare you be so mean to me which i think is the first time that we really see Anatole be the child in the mm-hmm. situation. For the whole show, Anatole's really in charge. He's like alpha male. He's I wouldn't ever call him the adult. No. But I would call him in charge. Yes. And then Pierre comes in and is like, fool. Yeah. You're an idiot child. Yeah. Stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And Pierre, and Anatole comes back with like, how dare you be mean to me? Which is, I mean... It's just such a whiny child thing to say. Yeah. He's clearly not an adult. He's clearly not an adult. And he clearly doesn't have a response to any of the things he's being asked. And so the one thing he can say is, like, stop being mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes across as so whiny. Yeah. And this is the first time you see Anatole even waver a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because throughout the whole play, he's so like, I'm in charge. I know what is right. I can have whatever I want because I'm Anatole. And in this moment, you just see him go, like, take back your words. Stop being me. Yeah. Um, and then he says this thing that the peer says, um, you have to understand there's such a thing besides your pleasure um, and other people's happiness, uh, ruining a, a whole life for the sake of amusing yourself. Um is not okay. Amuse yourself with women like my wife. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we're like, oh, well, Pierre hates his wife. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, he puts his wife on a completely different level than, like, people who deserve to be treated fairly. 
Like he, at this point, Anatole is so low on the totem pole that he's like, do you want to know the other people who are just as low as you are? The woman I'm married to. Yep. That bitch also deserves to be that low. So why don't you go spend time with her? Because she's awful and so are you. You Leave deserve Na- each other. Yes, exactly. Leave Natasha alone. Because she's pure and good and young. Yeah. And he even goes as far to say as like, what you did is as wrong as beating an old man or a child. Yeah. He says basically what you did was take someone who is not as strong as mm-hmm. you, like either elderly or like childlike, yeah. and beat them. And in some ways, that's super true because Natasha is a child. Natasha is young. Yes. And he may not have beaten her physically, but he sure as hell destroyed her emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth pointing out that this is the moment that on the other side of the stage is not the right word, but sure. on the other side of the venue, Natasha's poisoning herself right yes. now. Yep. While this is happening, while this whole conversation is happening, Natasha is saying, goodbye cruel world mm-hmm. and taking that arsenic yeah um and i don't think that's a coincidence mm-hmm. i think this like is the culmination of this is the the moment that anatole has with pierre that maria and natasha have right this is pierre scolding a child and saying like you idiot How, like why did you think this was okay mm-hmm. why did you think this was a good thing to do and Anatole tries to talk his way out of it, and Pierre is just not having it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, if you take them back, if you take your words back, I'll go. Yeah. And he's willing to abandon the whole plot for what? Some money? Uh, I mean, he does. He does say, "Lend me fifty rubles." Yeah. Again, doesn't he? Yeah. Because I mean, that's and Pierre like a, gives it to him. Yeah. Because Pierre's like, fifty rubles is worth you leaving me and never coming back. Like I, that's yeah. worth it. I'll pay you fifty rubles to never come back ever. And I think there's so much to say in like, and the next day Anatole left for Saint Petersburg, which is like again that note is something we can talk about, right? Yeah. The idea that. That note was written as a joke, and then Lucas Steele did it anyway, and then yeah. Dave Moy was like, mm, actually, keep that. But that, I, I also think that there's something to say about the fact that Anatole left, and where did he go? The next biggest city in oh, Russia, yeah. right? It's not like That's he. Not a, it's not a coincidence. No, it's not like he went to. Like, have we ever talked about St. Petersburg at all throughout this entire show? No, but he left to go. Maybe even do the exact the same, same thing. thing in a city where he's probably just less well known. Yeah, um, yeah. And he'll probably get away with it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's out of our lives because he leaves, and he never like Anatole never comes back. Nope, that's this it. This is the last moment of the show. Yes. Anatole sings. Next day, Anatole left for Petersburg, and never comes back. Yep, that's and it. He, I mean, what a grand exit. Yeah. It's so in character. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's clear that like. Pierre's in charge here. And well, even 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 Anatole's confidence when he says that oh, yeah. implies that it was almost his decision. Because even though he fucked up, and even though Pierre yeah. is really the one who's pushing him out of Moscow, he, number one, asked Pierre for money, which he got, yeah. and then decided where he's going to yeah. go. Even though he's leaving because Pierre said you gotta get the fuck out of Moscow. Yeah. 
he was like, oh, I know where I'm going to go. And I think in Anatole's childlike brain, he says, this is my decision. This is kind of a win-win. Maybe like a 10% lose, but a 90% win. Yeah. And I think like the fact that Anatole smiled, which is in the song, right? Mm -hmm. He is eager to seize an opportunity to like be manipulative, to get what he wants, to come out on top. And so he smiles and says, fine, I'll take, like, I'll do what you want if you take back your words and give me money. Yep. And Pierre, Pierre is so mature that he's like, if that's all it's going to take, like, I have money. Mm -hmm. Pierre has money. He's not concerned about, like, the 50 rubles that he get, like, whatever. So he's like, yeah, fine, I take back my words, whatever. If I give you money, can you let, like, do I never have to see your stupid face again? Yep. Um. And I do think in Anatole's brain, he's like, yeah, I totally pulled one over on that guy. Yep. But he didn't, right? Nope. Pierre knows exactly what happened. Correct. Pierre is like, yeah, it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. It's totally worth it to give him this stupid money if I never have to think about him again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go, right, next is Natasha Very Ill, right? Uh, yeah, so we have Natasha Very Ill into Pierre and Andre. So um, Natasha Very Ill is... Where Maria is singing about, well, Natasha Sonia. being... Sonia sings that song. Oh, it's Sonia singing that. Yeah. Sonia sings about Natasha being and very... And Dolokhov Ill. plays the guitar. Oh, yeah. And I, I I listened to an interview with the actor that plays Dolokhov, and he said that he vied to play the guitar in that song because where Anatole just kind of leaves, Dolokhov stays to, mm-hmm. like, deal with the consequences of his actions. Sure. Um... And I love that as a concept. I love that, like, in this moment, Dolokhov is like, Anatole is crazy pants, right? Mm -hmm. He is just all kinds of messed up, and Dolokhov is willing to stay to to see it through. Yeah. um, Even if that means ridicule and being kind of lowered on the totem pole of of the social status in Moscow, right? Yeah. but then Sonia sings this song, and we find out that the thing that Natasha drank a song earlier was poison, mm-hmm. and, and now she's very ill. Totally. Um, but she she freaked out after she did it and told Sonia, and then the, the doctors came and had the antidote, and Yeah. she's still very weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andre comes back. And this song is it's interesting because in many ways I feel like this song could be this could be the beginning of the show. Like this could be a new beginning of a new musical. Oh, for sure. Where like Pierre and Andre are very clearly we are we are old friends. We have been old friends. And they they evidence that at the beginning by saying, You've gotten a little fatter. And yeah. the other guy is like you have a new wrinkle on your forehead. Yeah. Like we, I know enough about you to know that your forehead looks different from the last time I saw your forehead. Yeah. And so we know that there's this prior relationship that Pierre and Andre have that then begin this song. And I think what I almost value so much about Andre is unlike all the other people that we've encountered oh, in this yeah. musical who are all stupid, Andre, many of them are stupid. Andre is like 
at least very much in the know and also not in denial about anything. Yeah. I mean, he's like, so, so, so hold on. Natasha refused me. She apparently had some sort of relationship with Anatole. Uh, uh, Pierre, can you like fill me in? Yeah. And Pierre's like, fuck, okay. And, and he does, but like Andre is also just so level-headed the entire song. Well, and I think that's because he literally has been at war yeah. for the whole show. He's been dealing with shit that's way more important mm-hmm. than the bullshit of, like, gossip in Moscow mm-hmm. for the entirety of the show. Like, does he care at all that there was a ball and there was this, like, moment? Like, no. Like, that's so trivial. Mm-hmm. Like, in comparison to, like, everything that he's been through in this war. And... It's very evident in this conversation that, like, he just doesn't care. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, she denied me. I'm done. Yeah. That's that. I don't have to know the details. It's not about that anymore. Which is so funny because, like, Natasha in Act 1 had this whole solo, no one else, all about how perfect of a man Andre is. And how much she loves and Andre finds out that Natasha's not really a thing anymore. And he's like, nah. Whatever. Yeah. And I think that just, like, grounds us back to, like, what's important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, the book is called War and Peace. And yeah. so Andre has the war part of War and Peace. <laughs> and this whole section of the book is about this trivial bullshit that doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And it, it does point out to the reader... That, like, most of the time, the things that seem so big in your life don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like the coronavirus? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, like, it's not that he doesn't care. It's not that he's flippant. Yep. Like, he says, um, Natasha's ill. Mm-hmm. Pierre says that. And uh, Andre says, like, I regret that. I regret that she's sick. Like, I'm, like, I don't wish any illness upon her. Mm-hmm. Also, like, my life doesn't change drastically. Like, I'm still going to go back to this war. Like, my, la- my life doesn't change drastically based on what happens here. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing in this song that I think is really interesting is um, Andre says to Pierre... I said that a fallen woman should be forgiven, but I didn't say that I could do that. Yes. Um, and I think that's like, oh, it's, it's really, I, like that hits home for me because I think there are times when like morally I can say, like this is the right thing to do in this situation. This is what I know should happen in this situation. But that's not what you choose to do. And I think... Because that's not how I feel. And conceptually, I can, like, break those two things apart. And I can say, like, this is the right thing to do, but this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And Andre does that really succinctly. Um, And as much as an audience member, we want him to say, like, I can forgive her. I'm a better man than that. What he's saying there is, like, I'm not that good of a man. Like, I know what's right. I know how to approach the situation. Yeah in a way that, like, makes me, like, the better person. I walk the, like, high road in the situation. But I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I don't want to. It's that I can't. And I think 
how many times in your life or my life have I said, like, this is what I know I should do. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. I want to be petty right now because I'm mad. Yeah. I want to choose to be mad or to hold on to a grudge or whatever, even though I know it doesn't like benefit me at all. Um, it's not kind or right or anything. It's still the way that like I feel. Yep. Um, and the fact that Andre is so human as to say that, one, I think points out how good of a person Pierre is. Sure. Um, and that juxtaposition is not lost. But also, it, it grounds Andre in humanity. And it says, like, listen, these people aren't archetypes, right? They're human people that have human problems that make human mistakes. And, like, sometimes you can, can like, conceptually can break down what the right thing to do is. But you still don't do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that because I know I felt like that. I don't know. I mean. I, I mean I've certainly felt that way too. Definitely. Like you know what's right, but you're also just like, fuck that. I don't want to be right. I want to feel angry right now. Not in this exact moment. I don't want to feel yeah. that way. Yeah, totally. Um, and then he explains what he would do. And he says, if you're my friend, you'll never ask me to do that. He says, well, then goodbye. We're not friends anymore. And I think that's just, just to me, it's like a dagger in the heart because they're old friends. They've mm-hmm. been friends forever. But Pierre is just so good mm-hmm. that he's like, well, if you can't be magnanimous, if you can't do this, we can't be friends. I, I don't value our friendship. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to hear. Yeah. But they both accept it. They do. And they both walk away. Yep. And they say, you know what? It's been a good run. We can't do this anymore. And then that song goes right into one of the best songs in the show. It might be my favorite. Pierre and Natasha. Because it's the first, really the first time that our two... Title characters. Yes. Meet. And they have an interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so unheard of, right? How many other shows do you know that the two title characters don't interact until, until the, the second to last song? I and mean, the only, the only other example I can think of is Warpaint, where, like, that literally happens. And, in fact, in the actual real life, those two main characters never actually interacted ever. But yeah. the musical, they created a scene. That's beside the point, though. Um... Maybe we'll talk about that one day. Yeah. It's a really bad musical. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so this song is, I mean, it's good for so many reasons. I think the reason that makes it the most good is that it is simple. It's so, I mean, I could play the piano part, and I'm not a particularly great piano player. It's literally just arpeggios. Like a slow arpeggio at that. Yeah. But I love that the first line is Natasha asking if that's Pierre. Like the first thing she says is Peter Kiliovich. I can't say words. Sure. Um, but she doesn't say it like you. She says it like a question. Yeah. Because she isn't sure. 
Yeah, and like I mean, literally, this is this goes right back to the first time where Natasha and Sonia talk to Maria, and Maria uses their full formal yep. names, and they're like, "Oh, call me Natasha, call me yep. Sonia." She literally says Peter Kirilovich, and he, and goes, he goes Pierre. Peter. Yep. Ah, um, because that's how like formal they are. Mm-hmm. That's how little they know about each other. Yeah. I think Pierre knows more about Natasha than Natasha knows about Pierre. Totally. Because Pierre remembers Natasha when she was a little girl. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he even says, like, uh, just in the very pose, she's just standing as a young girl when she went to the middle of the ballroom to sing. Um, but now she's clearly ill. Hmm. She's, I mean... He says her thin arms are hanging lifelessly. Mm-hmm. She's been through hell. Yeah. And it is clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but she comes to Pierre because Andre told her to. She comes to Pierre because the only person that she knows in town that doesn't hate her mm-hmm. is Pierre. Yep. And for every reason, Pierre should hate her, right? His two best friends that we know of are Maria... And Andre. Yeah. And they're both pissed at Natasha. Yeah. But he's still so gentle of a person that he's willing to say, you know what? I tried to despise her, but now I felt pity for her. Hmm. Um, And so they meet. And he, I mean, he thought that, like, she would take his hand, and she didn't. Um, And they have this beautiful moment where Natasha pleads with Pierre to tell Andre to forgive her. Mm-hmm. And she knows that it doesn't matter. She just doesn't want to be hated. Because, I mean, if you go back to the beginning of the play. Well, but, but, um, um, everyone has always everyone liked me. Everyone has always liked me. Yeah. She doesn't know what to do with herself now yeah. that everyone hates her. Yeah. Because it's not just that Andre hates her. Maria hates her. Everybody in town hates her because she's broken off her... Um, marriage with yep. Sonia is at least disappointed in her. Yes, yeah. and she Anatole has run away from exactly. her. Exactly, and she says yeah. the one thing I can do um, is go to Pierre because Andre once said mm-hmm. that it was if I ever needed help from someone, I should turn to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she does, and I love that she, even though she's broken off with Andre, yeah. I love that she takes his words and says, you know what. The one person I know that, because I trust Andre, right? The one person I know that Andre said I should go to is Pierre because Pierre is good. Um, yeah. And she says, please tell him to forgive me. Please. Like, I can't have him hating to me, hating me. Um, and he says, I'll tell him, but I don't know what that means. And before mm. he can even finish that sentence, she says, no. I know that he's not going to take me back. I just need, I need that. I Mm -hmm. need him to forgive me. Um, And then Pierre feels pity for her and he says, yeah, I'll tell him. Even though he's not friends with Andre anymore. Mm -hmm. Even though that relationship has ended, he says, you know what? I don't need to burden this young girl with all this other shit. Like, yeah, I'll tell him. Sure. Um, and then she starts to cry, and he feels in his heart that, like, this girl does not deserve this pain. Yes, she made a mistake, yeah. but, like, this is not the end of her life. And he even says that, like, um, basically, you're still young, 
you have your whole life before you because she says like don't don't talk to me like I'm worth anything yeah. um and I think that is really the crux of like how good Pierre is like War and Peace is about Pierre and we've talked about this right mm-hmm. like this whole book is about Pierre's life Correct. he's our protagonist for sure yep and I think in this moment it's very clear that like as much as Sonia is good, Pierre is gooder. Yep. yep. Pierre is, is the best kind of person there is because he's willing to forgive. Mm-hmm. He's willing to forget everything and look at things objectively and say, in the grand scheme of things, is what you did really that bad? Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes that very clear to Natasha. And he says the nicest thing that anyone has ever said to Natasha. Yeah. Which is the only spoken line of the show. Um, if if I were not myself, puts up words right there. Um, and so it's it's slightly changed. But if I were not myself, but the brightest, handsomest, best man on earth, and if I were free, I would get on my knees this moment and ask you for your hand and for your love. And I think... And it, why, so why? Why is that the only spoken moment in the entire show? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, like, Dave Malloy had to feel so moved by this particular sentence that he thought, this warrants silence and spoken word. Well, the thing I love about this is Pierre is chained to him circumstances chained to his circumstances in a different way right natasha made her decisions and so did pierre Mm -hmm. pierre is chained to helene who's sleeping with everybody that matters everybody that doesn't matter for that matter Mm -hmm. um but she's sleeping around with everybody in town and pierre knows that and he's just like i'm chained to a bad woman he says that during Pierre and Anatole, he says, so I'm not the only man chained to a bad woman. Um, or called a Pierre. I think it's called a Pierre yeah. that he says that. And he knows that he's stuck. He's stuck married to Helene. Mm-hmm. She's the worst. Um, but Natasha, for him, has her whole life before him. Yeah. And she is open and free in a way that Pierre is not. I think... I think I know the, my own hypothesis on why Perfect. this is the only spoken yeah. word. <clears throat> Pierre is the only character in this musical who does not experience impulse about other humans. I think that you could make an argument that every other person in this show, every other character in this show is frequently impulsive and that impulse has to do with another human being i would agree with that where pierre's only impulse is alcohol food and reading yeah but at no point is pierre impulsive because of another human where Natasha is obviously, Anatole is obviously, right? Right? Like yeah. Principal Kolsky is obviously, like Mary's obviously. No, Maria could be the hard example like of maybe not, but she is so quick to say, oh, wait till I tell her. Yeah. I think that's impulse. And Sonia is, I think, 
impulsively kind. Yes. But still impulsive. Yeah. And I just don't... I think everything that Pierre does is so thoroughly thought out in terms of the relationships that he has with other Thank people you. that this sentence warrants an opportunity for him to stop singing for the first time in two hours and 20 minutes yeah. and say, listen to me. This is a moment where I would like to be impulsive. This is a moment where I would like to ask you to marry me or maybe even have sex with you, right? Like, like yeah. that could be going far, but maybe not. But I recognize that that is not the best decision right now. And I want you to hear me when I say this. And in order for you and the audience yes. to hear me, I'm going to speak, not sing. But I think something simpler than that is the, like, I want you to hear me when I say this. Yeah. Because the thing that he's saying to Natasha is not, honestly, it's not like, I want to marry you. Mm -hmm. Like, that is, like. That's what, what he's saying, but not what he means, necessarily. Yeah, and I mean, like, further in the book, that's what happens. Yeah. But I think what he's saying is, like, you're so young. Your life is not over you made one bad decision, that does not make you a bad person. Mm -hmm. And I want to prove that to you by saying, me, this person that is the least impulsive, mm -hmm. the person that is like put on a pedestal as like the most good, mm -hmm. me, I would get down on my knees right now and ask you for my hand, mm -hmm. for your hand, yeah. if I could. Yeah. I'm married, so I cannot. But I'm willing to, I would be willing to do that mm -hmm. because you are not worthless. Yeah. And I think that message to Natasha really hits home to the point where she weeps tears of tenderness, gratitude, and thanks. Mm -hmm. And then leaves feeling content with herself and not feeling like a piece of shit. And which just speaks to how good Pierre is. And I think coming into this room, she felt like a piece of shit. Yeah, she totally. said, Stop. Don't talk to me like that. I'm not worth kindness. I'm so vile that I'm not worth simple kindness. Mm -hmm. And Peter said, no, no. Don't let somebody talk to you like that. You're worth kindness. And you are worth everything that your life has in, ahead of you. One bad mistake does not make you a bad person. Um, and to me, that's the message of the whole show is... Everyone makes choices. Sometimes they're not the best. But one bad mistake does not mean that you're a worthless human. It does not completely define who you are. Um, and then Natasha leaves. Mm -hmm. And then he sees the Great Comet of 1812. Yeah. Which, in, in the book, like in the actual book, it's like maybe a half a page mm -hmm. where he sees the Great Comet. And everyone's terrified yeah. of this comment. But for Pierre, he says, like, this is not a scary thing for me. Nope. It uplifts my soul and brings me into a new life. It's like a beacon of hope yeah. for Pierre in a world where everyone is terrified. I mean, to use a literary example and not to be too punny, but it's a new fucking chapter. Yes. Yeah. But, and I mean, it is, though. Like, nope. book nine, chapter one, starts the next page. Yes. Um, and he says, um, it's, a, it's enormous, it's brilliant. Uh-huh. Um, but it brings no fear. Uh, and he gaze, 
he gazes joyfully and his eyes fill with tears. And I just think that, like, the rest of the world is looking at this comment. And I mean, like, in history, not in this book, but in history, like, everyone just assumed the world was over. Yeah. They saw this comment and they were like, well, we're all going to die now. Mm-hmm. But Pierre said, no, this is a beacon of hope for yeah. me. And what a great way to end the show. What a great way to walk away and say, you know what? I can be better. I can do better. Yeah. And my future is as bright as it's ever going to be because there's endless possibilities of what it can be. And I don't know. It just it like makes you smile internally. Totally. Completely. But that's the end of the show. That's the end. That's it. What I like about the ending too is it's, I think it is a happy ending. Oh, for sure. I think it is a happy ending, but not in the way that you need to have confetti cannons. No. Not in the way that you need to have a giant dance number. No. Not that you need to have sparkly costumes. It's the softest happy ending. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we want to take a break before we delve into, like, the rest of our thoughts? I think we should take a break, and then we have some more things. Comet of Comet said to portend untold horrors and the end of the world. But for me, the comet brings no fear, no I care.